Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and on this episode of our magazine format podcast, we are doing, well, I don't know, a metric ton of things about eggs. It's going to be all eggs all the time on this podcast, which if you're not an egg lover, I guess I just turned you off the podcast, but listen in, you might learn something. Uh, Mark and I love eggs. We eat them a lot. I mean, fish eggs are a favorite. Uh, oh, fish eggs. Well, right. I forgot about fish eggs like Tobiko in sushi. Yes. Or just good old fashioned caviar. Oh, man. Last year for Bruce's birthday, he flipped a digit and I bought him fabulous caviar from a San Francisco store. Uh, it was just an extravagance beyond extravagances. And uh, honestly, it knocked me out. In fact, we had friends for Bruce's birthday. It was during COVID. None of us was vaccinated. And I actually, we sat like across the room from each other with fans blowing between us. We were All of us crazy. eating caviar. And we ate caviar and, and one of our friends actually licked out the tin <laughs> that the caviar was in. So there you go. Eggs, see, eggs come from a lot of different animals and they're really good. They don't have to be just chickens, but mostly, like most Americans, Mark and I ate a lot of chicken eggs. Right. I don't know if you've looked in the egg aisle recently of a supermarket, and I mean aisle, because there's like a whole aisle. There's as many choices for eggs as there is for breakfast cereal. There are. And some of them are meaningless. And believe it or not, there are window dressings for some of egg descriptions out there. And other things aren't more meaningful. I think I should start out by saying, since we're talking chicken eggs, and since we want to be as clear as possible, just so you know, and if you don't know this, well, maybe you haven't read too many recipes in your life, a large chicken egg in the United States is the recipe standard. Even when a recipe just says an egg or two eggs, it always means large. It is the U.S. standard. That is not necessarily the standard in other countries, but in U.S.-based recipes, it is the standard fare. Yeah, so if you're baking and you're cooking and your recipe says it, then skip the jumbo, skip yep. the extra large, yep. just go for large. Okay. Yep. So we want to look at those labels, and we want to try and explain some of it and what you need to pay attention to and whatnot. And one of my favorite is starting with vegetarian-fed chickens. Yeah, that is a really weird thing that's happened in the last several years and I know that people who are vegetarians feel that if they eat chicken eggs and the chicken has been fed protein then they are somehow consuming an animal protein diet which is actually not wrong given how eggs are created inside of a chicken however however chickens are little bloodthirsty birds <laughs> and left to their own devices they eat Bugs of all sorts. <laughs> Just remember that there are two kinds of birds, seed eaters and flesh eaters. Chickens actually have to have protein, and they have to have actually animal protein yeah. or bug protein, as it were. And mostly. if you deprive them of that protein, they will start to attack each other Correct. for the meat. Correct. I mean, it's disgusting, but they will attack each other to eat they each other. attack each other. Anyway, if you don't know it, chickens are a bit nasty to say the least they're bloodthirsty at I'm times to you. each other it cracks me up the whole backyard chickening movement but hey you know what can i say if you want to watch the war of the chickens <laughs> going on that's your business but there are some other designations that may mean more like cage-free and cage-free does actually mean something in labeling chickens raised with out of cages aren't always raised without cruelty they can be so tightly packed in a dense population in open space so it still can lead to disease and yet chickens pecking each other to death as we right. said they all want right. to do so just remember that cage free often means that 
they are packed tight together so tight in a barn facility that they can't actually move in yeah. there maybe around a little bit but not very much it's cage free seems to mean oh they're just roaming around living their best life it's not necessarily what cage free means it just means they're not jammed into those <laughs> tiny little battery cages that they used to be but it doesn't necessarily mean it's better okay so then you go up a level in this free range yeah and it is better it's better than cage free because at least free range means the chickens have to have access to outdoors but you know what this means and you probably already know this it sometimes means in large farms that you have a gigantic barn full of tens of thousands of chickens and all it means is that a small door and it can be a very small door not like a door even that you walk through is open in one part of the barn for a yard that they can go out to which might be an extremely small yard and most of the chickens will never be even able to make it to the that door so free range is a big term it seems great you can picture chickens wandering around a field and picking up grub worms but that's not necessarily what it means now however let me also say that if you shop at a farmer's market or a farm stand you can often get cage-free free-range chickens that don't chicken eggs that don't have that official designation on them because a that small farmer can't pay for those designations and b it doesn't matter and you can see the chickens walking around always the best bet so chicken eggs if you want to make sure that your chickens were outside and they lived outdoors and they weren't in cages and they had a good life you're looking for the designation pastured right pastured means the chickens lived outdoors ate a more natural diet but that takes up space, time, and care. Man, does it ever. I mean, I, I did a research trip for the ham book. Bruce and I wrote a book called Ham, an Obsession with the Hind Quarter years ago. And I did a research trip to Kentucky on um, American country hams. But I would pass the large industrial chicken farms. And I, I was saying to Bruce just the other day, I would drive past those industrial chicken farms. And while you couldn't often see them because the barns uh, were hidden behind hills in Kentucky, man, you could smell them. The minute you went past them, it was just this overwhelming smell of ammonia. A pasture chicken has a better life than that. And a pasture chicken generally means a pasture chicken egg. It comes from a chicken that, you know, walked around doing what chickens do, doing a chickeny life. But it's not cheap. You're going to shell out upwards of six bucks a dozen for those eggs. Right. So I mean, you just have to be prepared to know you're going to spend money for that chicken to have had a better life. Right. And organic chicken eggs, you should know, come from free-range chickens that are fed 100% organic feed. And by that, Mark means the number one thing is that they are not feeding those chickens poultry slaughter byproducts. Yes, that's right. That's generally what that means. And while that sounds disgusting, that is a way a lot of cheap egg farms get protein back into the chickens. And as we said, the chickens want that. They're going to get it themselves if you don't give it to them. Right. And the worst designation of all, and the one you should just absolutely overlook on all products, in North America at least, in the United States, I should say. I don't know about Canadian laws, but in the United States, you should just overlook the word natural. It should be banned from all food It doesn't mean anything. I mean, crude oil is natural. Correct. Marshmallow peeps are natural. Correct. (laughs) Correct. Sodium benzoate is natural. I mean, it just means in food that there are no artificial ingredients. What does artificial mean? Because if it's an element found in nature, and even if it's a toxic element found in nature, I don't know, they put radon in your chicken. (laughs) 
it can be labeled natural because it's a naturally occurring element. Natural is really, really window dressing. Look away. Just look away. I mean, listen, you can buy regular eggs. We buy plenty of regular supermarket eggs. We do a lot of recipe testing. And let's just face it, we're trying to, you know, stay within a budget in recipe testing. And so we're not always buying the best eggs when we're, I don't know, writing a muffin book because we're going through hundreds and hundreds of eggs and mm -hmm. we do want to retire eventually in this world. So listen, we're also buying just standard supermarket eggs at times. And you'll also see on the eggs in the egg aisle grades, right? The eggs are graded double A, A, B, and all that is is cosmetic. It has nothing to do with... What do you mean by cosmetic? By whether the shells are smooth or perfectly shaped or have a uniform color. Right. So if you have an egg that's mottled in color or has some little bumps on it or looks like it has shell warts or something, that's going to be a B, and you're not even going to find that in the supermarket. Well, and let's say the best place to buy eggs, again, is at a farmer's market or at a farm stand. Bruce and I rented a house up in Vermont years and years ago, way up in Vermont, like a mile from the Canadian border way up in the northeast kingdom northeast kingdom is that what they call it mm -hmm. right way up in the northeast kingdom and we were just down the road from a strawberry farm and they also raised egg uh, raised eggs listen to me they raised chickens that laid eggs and it was a strawberry farm a little organic strawberry farm and they fed the chickens the strawberry hulls along with everything else that the chickens ate and the eggs were most amazing bright orange color the yolks in the eggs mm. and they tasted like strawberry malts that's the only <laughs> thing i can explain to you it was the wildest thing i had ever seen you are what you eat goes for chickens too yeah and their eggs are going to taste like what you feed them my guess is if you feed a chicken anchovies that oh. the eggs are going to be like built-in caesar salad dressing yeah. <laughs> Somebody should come up with that. Now, there's a product, built-in Caesar salad eggs. We live not very far from a farm stand in rural New England, and I think it's just fabulous when we buy the eggs from that farm stand because they're really good. The yolks are super perky. They're very rich and tasty. Mm -hmm. I don't know that this farm stand has all the proper designations. I just see the chickens walking around the yard. I do, and that makes me feel really good. Now, we've given you a lot of info about eggs, but coming up later in this episode, I'm going to be interviewing a super egg expert, and she's going to have even more in-depth stuff. But that's it for segment one. Before we get to this next segment, let me say that we could really use a rating from you on any social media platform or on especially Apple Podcasts. That would be a brilliant thing for you to do for us. And don't forget, our brand new book is just out, Instant Pot Bible Copycat Recipes. Up next, our one-minute cooking tip, our patented one-minute cooking tip. And you will be surprised to know it's about eggs. What is it? When you crack your eggs and separate them, separate the whites and the yolks into separate little bowls one at a time before you add that white or that yolk to your recipe. Okay, what does that mean? So let's say I have a recipe for meringue and I need six egg whites. Yeah. Rather than crack all my egg whites into one big bowl at once, I'm going to crack an egg and separate the white out into a little bowl and dump it in my big bowl. 
right. then I'll do the next one in a little bowl yes. and add it to the big bowl. Because there is nothing worse than getting 10 egg whites in a bowl and then getting a tiny bit of yolk mm. into those 10 egg whites. It's super irritating. It and is. you are right. It's best to do this. And you know, I find the best way to separate eggs is to use your clean hands. Let If you're separating them right, you crack it into one hand and let the white flow through your fingers while holding the yolk in your palm. But you have to be ready for kind of gross sliminess, right? Mm, you do. Or you could like watch all those TikTok videos where they're pulling the yolks out with like empty water bottles. Oh, gosh. Those are kind right. of cool. I actually never tried it, but I see them doing it on TikTok. Okay, up next... An interview by Bruce with Lisa Steele, a chicken expert at FreshEggsDaily.com. Take it away, Bruce. Today, I'm speaking with Lisa Steele, the world-renowned expert on keeping chickens at home, a fifth-generation chicken keeper. Lisa Steele's website, FreshEggsDaily.com, is a place for info on all things chickens, ducks, gardening, and we are really looking forward to her upcoming book, also called Fresh Eggs Daily. Hey, Lisa, welcome to Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. So let me start with how many chickens do you actually have at any given time? Uh, right now we have 16 chickens, 10 ducks, and two geese. But, you know, that can change at any given time, especially in the spring, because chicks and ducklings are so cute. So really? I just get sucked into getting more. Do you actually eat the goose eggs or just the chicken and duck eggs? I have because I wanted to try them. They're huge. I mean, they're they're equal to like three chicken eggs. I mean, they're enormous. So I don't I've been blowing them out and I actually I just keep them in a bowl for display because because they're just so neat and they don't lay many. We only get maybe 20 or 25 goose eggs from each goose in the spring. So, you know, we don't get as many as we get the duck and chicken egg. How many eggs can a chicken lay? A chicken lays about one egg every 26 hours, but they'll lay for the entire season. So starting maybe late February, early March, and they'll lay right up through. We're still getting a few chicken eggs, but the days are so short now that they've pretty much stopped for the season. Our ducks will lay through the winter. Usually our younger ducks will continue to lay through the winter, which is nice. So you have a lot of fresh eggs all the time. And since your brand is Fresh Eggs Daily, let's talk about freshness. I mean, how big a difference does freshness really make when it comes to an egg? It's huge. You know, there are certain things that I feel like it's not a huge difference. I mean, obviously bread needs to be fresh. A tomato from the garden is so much different than a store-bought tomato. And I think eggs fall in that category. There's a huge difference between a fresh egg and an egg that's weeks or months old. You know, as the egg ages, air gets into the egg and maybe bacteria as well. But, you know, the, the white really thins out a lot. The yolk doesn't sit up as as much you know i think you can taste freshness and i think an egg just starts to you know taste stale after a while um plus because there are pores in the eggshell if it sits in your fridge it's absorbing some of the you know smells from your fridge and all that so i think fresh eggs i mean if you have the opportunity to collect an egg when it's still warm and go right in the house and cook it like there's nothing better let's talk about the refrigerator i've been to a lot of farm stands where the eggs are not refrigerated is that cool it is cool and actually the united states is one of the few countries where commercial eggs are washed and therefore then need to be refrigerated if you go to europe there they just leave eggs out at room temperature my grandmother always had a bowl of eggs on the counter i leave my eggs on the counter as long as they haven't been washed 
They have an invisible coating on them. It's like magic. It keeps out air and bacteria. So your egg is going to stay for at least a couple of weeks out on the counter at room temperature. They do last longer if they have been refrigerated about seven times longer, which is so crazy. Mm. Um, but I bake a lot. And so you have to have room temperature eggs for baking. So I really like to leave a bowl out on the counter that I use first. So I always have room temperature eggs available. Are most eggs that we find in the supermarket washed? Yes, all of them have. They have to be by law. Yeah, if you buy uh, store-bought eggs, you need to keep them in the fridge. If you're buying from a farmer's market or maybe even like a small specialty grocery store, you might want to ask if the eggs have been washed because if they haven't, then it's fine to leave them out. And even if you don't wash them and you refrigerate them, they're still going to last longer. You know, so if I'm not going to use the eggs within a week or two, I do like to refrigerate them and then just quick rinse under warm water just before you use them. Is there any way to tell whether an egg is fresh before you crack it open? So there's a thing called the float test. As the egg ages, like I mentioned, air gets into it and an air pocket forms. So you might notice like when you make deviled eggs or, you know, hard boiled eggs, there's like a concave dip in one end of the egg and that's because air has gotten in and the egg is basically evaporating inside so the fresher the egg you know the, the more perfectly shaped it will be so because there's air in it you can put an egg into a cup of water and if it sits on the bottom it's super fresh and then as it ages it starts to rise up a little bit and eventually it will float a floating egg isn't necessarily bad but i don't like to eat them because you know it's pretty old so you can't obviously do that at a grocery store or at a farmer's market. They wouldn't really look too kindly on <laughs> you putting eggs in cups of water. But if you hold an egg up and you shake it, if you can hear something sloshing around inside, it's old. If you can't hear anything, then it's a fresh egg because the egg is taking up the hole inside of the shell. There's not, you know, that air pocket where stuff can slosh around inside. So what advice do you have for people buying eggs in a supermarket, because they may not have access to a farmer's market, to find the freshest eggs there. Right. That's super important. No matter where you're buying your eggs, you do want to get the freshest. So there is a secret that the egg industry doesn't want you to know. So on each egg carton, there's a three-digit code from 001 to 365, and that corresponds to a day of the year. So 001 is January 1st, 365 is December 31st. That is the date that those eggs were put in that carton. So ignore the sell-by date or best-by date or use-before date, because those are sort of arbitrary. Look for that three-digit code, and you want the highest number, because that's going to be the number that's closest to today. And if you go into your grocery store, I actually read a blog post on it a few years ago, and I went to the grocery store you'd be amazed how much those dates vary. So you can stand there and go through the cart and then just look for the date that's closest to today's date to make sure you're getting the freshest eggs. And then you know how, well, you don't know how old they are, but you know when they went in the carton, which hopefully is within, you know, a couple days of being laid. What about the shell color? Does it make any difference to what's inside? No, it's actually interesting. All eggs start out white with white shells and then depending on the breed she has pigment or dye that she applies to the shell so a brown egg layer has brown dye and a blue egg layer has blue dye and then a green egg layer had one blue egg parent and one brown egg parent so they get both dyes so it's actually really pretty fascinating but on the inside they're all the same it used to be that all the commercial eggs were white because the white egg layers are a lot more economical they eat less they're better layers. So your commercial farms didn't have to spend as much to produce an egg. And it was the farmers that were raising the brown egg layers, because those are generally the birds that you can use for meat or for eggs. So for a farm, you know, you could get you could eat your chicken or you could have her lay eggs. Um, and then it, it flip flopped. And all of a sudden, brown eggs 
were like the thing because they were thought of as more healthy and more natural and, and local and fresh and all that. But in reality, it, it's just dependent on the breed. It doesn't make a difference. You won me over in your book, Fresh Eggs Daily, with eggs for dinner. Tell me about your egg yolk ravioli, because that just made my mouth water. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, we do breakfast for dinner a lot during the laying season because we have so many eggs. So we'll do steak and eggs or I'll just do, you know, eggs on toast or we'll just have bacon and eggs, something like that. But if you want something that feels a little more like dinner, egg yolk ravioli is so delicious. If you use the store-bought wonton wrappers, or egg roll wrappers, it's even quick and easy. You just cut them out into circles with a, you know, a biscuit cutter or something. And you put your ricotta in. And then you just um, separate an egg and drop a yolk into the middle of that little nest of ricotta you've made. Seal the top with a, a second uh, wonton wrapper. And then you just cook them like ravioli. So good. You can use marinara. You can do a brown butter sauce. Um, they're so they're elegant. They're they're fun to make. Um, you could even do variations and add some pumpkin into the ricotta for pumpkin ravioli. Um, that's that's one of my favorite recipes. Actually, it's it's just so fun and the variations. Whatever you might stuff in, you could put sausage in with the egg. I mean, there's there's just a lot of variations. What I like about it is that if you're like me and like a really runny yolk, you could just pop it in the water for one minute. And it basically warms that yolk through and cooks that dough. But if you happen to like a firmer yolk, you could just boil a little bit longer. Oh, absolutely. I actually posted on Facebook this morning a picture of a poached egg. And of course, it was all runny. And somebody said, I can't tolerate runny yolks. And I said the same thing. I said, well, you can still have a poached egg. Just cook it a little longer so your yolk is cooked. You know, that's the nice thing about eggs is there's any range. And it happens quickly. So if you want a runny yolk, you have to be right on top of things to get it out of the water soon enough. Is there a trick to a good poached egg? Well, there is. I mean, hot water and a fresh egg is going to work best because the white is going to still be really, really thick. Because when you have a poached egg, you want that egg to hold together. So the fresher egg, the thicker the white and the, the better it's going to be cohesive. Um, I do swirl the water with the handle of a wooden spoon. Just make a whirlpool, drop the egg in and cook it for like maybe a minute swirling and then two more minutes take it out and it's going to be perfectly runny. And hopefully you're not going to have, you know, whites all over the water that you're leaving behind. The secret to really good eggs is making sure you have fresh eggs. Lisa Steele, author of the upcoming book, Fresh Eggs Daily. And you can find out everything about raising chickens at home and everything you need about eggs at her website, freshegsdaily.com. Lisa, thanks for sharing your insight and so much fun to talk about chickens and eggs with you. Thanks so much. Okay, I now know everything I could possibly know about eggs. I seem we seem to have been very serious in this show, but maybe eggs bring out the seriousness in people. I'm not sure. But this is our last segment, and always our last segment. What's making us happy in food this week? And I think I'm going to go first. Okay, what's I making you happy first? In food? Oreos. Oh, you found them in the back pantry? <laughs> no, I did not find them in the back pantry necessarily. Although I know they're back there. But here's the thing, you know. Listen, we were at dinner with some people last night and Oreos came up and they sneered at us about Oreos. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know, OK, I admit Oreos are not the greatest cookie in the world. I will admit that if you make homemade cookies, they're way better. My mom and I, I know Oreos are pretty good. My mom and I in St. Louis last weekend made homemade peanut butter cookies. They were delicious. They, you know, OK, fine. But there are certain things 
from your childhood that may not be the best thing imaginable, but I don't know. They connect you back to your past, and Oreos for me are just one of those things. It's just something. I grew up eating Oreos as a kid, and I know, again, maybe it's not the best cookie in the whole history of the world, but I don't know. I feel like a kid again when I eat them. What I love about Oreos is that you can get them regular. You can get them with the double stuff. You can yeah, even no. get them with less filling. No, they no, come with Oreo thins no. with two cookies with no. a thin, thin coating no, of filling. No, it's just Oreos. Yeah, no. but then there's white Oreos and pumpkin no, Oreos no, and strawberry no, Oreos. No, 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 no. When I say Oreos, I mean Oreos. Stop that with all that other stuff. <laughs> well, Cut it out. okay. What's making me happy is turkey. I know it's so expected. Thanksgiving is only a week turkey. and a half away. But I just came back from the supermarket right before we recorded, and I brought home a turkey, and we're going to have turkey tomorrow night. Even and it's not Thanksgiving It's not yet. Thanksgiving yet, but there was one turkey that was eight pounds. Everything else was like 28 pounds. <laughs> and I saw I one. It was, it was actually nice. It was an organic and one. I get two things to say to this. One, until I moved in with Bruce, until we got together and moved in together, I didn't know you could make turkey for a non-holiday. <laughs> It never occurred to me. And he would just roast a turkey on a Wednesday. And I would think, what in the – is this like I have I missed Thanksgiving or did I miss what day of the week it is or something? Or is it like somebody died and we're making a turkey? No, you can just make turkey anytime you want and it's a fabulous meal. And two, if you don't know this, I am going to tell you that if you have some free time on the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving this very year, you get yourself to the supermarket because <laughs> – you will discover that at about 7 p.m. on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, the turkeys are on such sale. It blow your mind. We were in a supermarket a few years ago on the Wednesday before we had pizza. We were coming home. We stopped by a supermarket to pick up a few things before Thanksgiving Day the next day. And the turkeys were, what were they, like 29 cents a pound? They were 29 cents a pound. It was, un and we, I am, I still to this day... <laughs> think we should have loaded our cart to the top and brought them home and filled our chest freezer. We bought a couple, but I mean, really, honestly, 29 cents a pound, are you kidding me? It, go to the supermarket the Wednesday night at about 8 o'clock before Thanksgiving. You will get yourself a cheap turkey. So that's it. That is our egg and turkey and Oreo filled episode of <laughs> Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Uh, if you want to continue to discuss these things, go to our Facebook group, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. I'm always posting questions. I may throw a few up this week about eggs and Oreos and turkeys and subscribe to this podcast. Right, Mark? Right. Subscribe, rate it. We could really use that. And we will see you next time on Cooking with Bruce and Mark.